Thank you for checking out the sermon at Hope Church. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you have access to other resources, information about who we are, and where we're going as a church, as well as an opportunity to give to what God is doing through our church. Once again, thanks for checking out this sermon. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. If you are a regular attender here at Hope, a part of our family, you can already tell that today looks a little bit different than normal just by even the way we've started. If you are a guest today, let me let you in on the secret. Today is going to be different. Um, If you are a guest, we're really delighted that you're here and we invite you to make yourself at home. Today is going to be a very different format for us as a family of faith, but it's something we strongly feel led of the Lord for us to do today. If you're a guest, when you came in in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a connection card that looks like this, and we would invite you to take that at some point during the service and fill it out, and after the service, we'll tell you what to do with it, but we just want you to know as a guest, we're really delighted that you're here. Thank you for coming and being a part of our service today. We're honored that you would choose to spend part of your weekend with us. But to kind of explain what we're doing today, when God birthed our church 14 years ago, it really even started before then. It was before we even had our first public worship service. God birthed a rally cry in our church. And here's what it simply said. We don't pray before we work. Prayer is the work. Then God works. And that really became the cry of our church in the early days. Our church was really birthed out of prayer. I don't know if there is anybody in the room that was with us in those very first few days that when we met in our home when we met in our home, one of the things that we were doing while meeting in our home is we, were, we, we prayer walked 50,000 households on the south end of Las Vegas. We got out a map. We, we charted out our course. It took us five months to finish it. We walked up and down every street. We prayed over every home. We asked God to do something in our city. And from that moment to today, God has birthed in our fellowship a desperation to see God move in response to the prayers of his people. And really this last January, January 2015, we kind of took that to another level. If you were here then, we studied through a series simply called When God Moves. And through that series, we were not trying to identify a formula because there is no formula that says this is how God moves. And if you'll just follow these three steps, then we can manipulate God into doing what we want Him to do. That's not what we were trying to discover. What we were trying to discover were some characteristics among God's people when 
when God chose to move through them, what were those characteristics among his people? And how can we align ourselves with those characteristics so that should God in his sovereignty choose to move, we could have our sails up and we could be ready for the wind of the Spirit of God to blow. Amen? And I don't know where you are as you sit here today, but I'm as hungry and as desperate to see God move as I think I've ever been at any point in my life. I have read about great movements of God. I've read books about great awakenings. I've read the book about Evan Roberts and the Welch Revival in 1904-1905 when God began to move in that little community called Lahore there in south of Wales. And I've, I've stood in that pulpit where Evan Roberts preached that first sermon. And God moved in such a way that in about 15 months, 100,000 people in Wales came to Christ as Lord and Savior. I've read about those experiences, but I've never seen one. Do you want to see God move in a way that we can only say, you know what, God just moved. It wasn't a service we planned. It wasn't a speaker we had. It wasn't a song that we sung. It was just God. God just showed up and God showed out. Well, as we begin to unpack some of those truths together, One of the things that we noticed is that when God moves, His people get desperate. And it manifests itself in an attitude of desperation that leads to an action of desperation, which is prayer. Prayer is motivated by a sense of desperation for God. If you don't believe that, let me ask you a question. When do you pray the most? Let me answer it for you. When you get the most desperate, right? When there's nothing else you can do but pray, we all become prayer warriors, right? Prayer is motivated by a sense of desperation. And, and another nugget that we unearthed in Scripture about prayer, I want to put it up on the screen. It says, God in His sovereignty has chosen to limit His activity to the prayers of His people. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute. God in His sovereignty has chosen to limit His activity to the prayers of His people. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God doesn't need us. But God in His divine sovereignty has chosen to use us and the vehicle of prayer to accomplish His purpose and His mission on earth. And God began to grow a deep sense of burden in my heart as we unpack this. That prayer in the modern day church in America has been reduced to moments of transition as we simply move people on and off the platform. That's prayer in the church in our culture. We pray just long enough to move people on and off stage. We only pray to transition between one thing and another thing that we want to do in a church service. And so over the last year, God has just led us to create some ways to give prayer more of a priority. We've, we've done some things called nights of prayer. Five times this year we've gathered and we've just prayed as a people, and that's all we've done. We have carved out some extra time in all of our weekend services to pray. 
Why? Because God in his sovereignty has chosen to limit his activity to the prayers of his people. And don't miss this. 2015, this year, we've seen some of the greatest activity of God in the history of our church. We've planted more churches this year out of our church than ever before in any one single year. We've had the largest membership classes we've ever had in our church. We've baptized more people than we ever had. We've had more people connected in small groups than ever before. All that in 2015. Don't miss the fact that in 2015, we've sought God as a fellowship like we never have before. You can't disconnect that. God in His sovereignty has chosen to limit His activity to the prayers of His people. There's a man named John Franklin. In 1990, John Franklin went to Mombasa, Kenya with 250 people to go hut to hut, village to village, sharing the gospel for 14 days. They arrived, they preached the gospel hut to hut for 14 days in Mombasa, Kenya, and in 14 days, 30,000 people trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. John said the only way to describe it was that God was already moving when we got off the plane and we just got in on what God was doing. And so he began to do a little research into what set up that movement of God. And he discovered that churches in Mombasa for the past year had been fasting and praying for that two-week period of time and that for the two weeks that they were there, a different church every night prayed around the clock for 24 hours. 30,000 people in 14 days. Look at what John Franklin said. The greatest workings of God come by corporate prayer. And listen to this, we will not, we will not see the power of God in sufficient measure to transform the world around us until we pray together. Listen to that again. We will not see the power of God in sufficient measure to transform the world around us until we pray together. God and His sovereignty is determined that something happens when we pray together that transcends praying separately. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray. For the whole service. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God. We're going to seek the face of God together. If you've been to one of our nights of prayer, this is going to look a little bit familiar, but the vast majority of you have not been to one of our nights of prayer. So since you wouldn't come to us, we thought we'd come to you. Let me, let me tell you why. Because for a lot of you, just the thought of praying for this length of time, you're, you just got nervous. Hey, that's okay. There's no pressure this morning. We're not going to put a microphone in your face, make you stand up and pray out loud. That's not what we're talking about. But we are going to pray together. At some moments today, we're going to pray individually. At other moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're here with a friend or a spouse, or a family member to turn together and pray together. 
at no point in the service do you need to feel uncomfortable that you have to are forced to do something that you don't want to do, okay? You don't have to pray out loud one time today if you're not comfortable doing that. Don't, don't feel that pressure. If the person next to you starts putting that pressure on you, just raise your hand. We'll come escort them out, all right? You, you don't have to feel that pressure today. <clears throat> but we're going to open up today and be really free. And here's what I mean by that. You see, we already have some of our pastors sitting here along the stage. At any point today, while we're praying or while we're worshiping, if God puts it on your heart and you want to come pray with a pastor, you just come. You don't have to wait till a point in the service today. You just come. They're going to be here the whole service. The altars are open right now. At any moment today where the Spirit of God... Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to some of you today like, he, like you've never sensed before. If you want to come and just get in this altar and just be alone with God, you just come get in this altar and be alone. Listen, it can happen while I'm speaking. It can happen while we're singing. It can happen while we're praying. doesn't matter. It's open today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, there may come a point in this service where you think, I want to give my life to Jesus. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Holy Spirit did that today. If he does, listen, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're not a Christian and at any point in this service you want to know what it means to be a Christian, you just get up, come to one of these pastors and say, I want to know Jesus. And we, we have people ready to go sit down with you and talk with you about how you can give your life to Christ. So we're going to pray today. We're going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit of God today. Here's the only requirement I'm going to give you, okay? Don't leave till we're finished. Prayer is hard work sometimes. Part of this is going to be exhausting today for some of you because it's going to be so unusual for the norm for you. That's okay. But until we give the final dismissal, don't leave early. Don't slip out. Don't give up. Wait on the Lord today. Here's what I want us to do first. I'm going to put some verses up on the screen. Because where I want us to begin in prayer today is I want us to begin in a sense of desperation for God. And so I'm about to give you a moment to pray. You can either pray individually or you can turn to the person next to you if it's a friend or family member and huddle up and you can pray. And I want to encourage you as much as you feel led today to pray out loud so that we just all pray together at the same time. We're just praying out loud together, corporately crying out to God. Again, don't feel pressure. But if you feel the freedom, I want you to pray out loud. So I'm going to put some verses up on the screen. And we're going to read a section of Scripture about all that God has done and all that God is. And then I'm going to give you a few minutes to pray. And after we've had a few minutes to pray, our team's going to lead us in a song. Then we're going to come back and pray in another section, okay? So I want us to read this out loud together, all of us together. Let's all just stand up, and I want us to read this out loud together. You ready? One, two, three. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. 
The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I want you to begin praying right now. You can turn to the person next to you. If it's a friend or family member, begin to pray. Or you just pray individually. Pray out loud if you feel led. And then we'll worship. Go ahead and pray. Praise God for His greatness. Praise God for who He is. Did you hear those things? He pardons all of our sin. Worship God for forgiveness. He heals all our diseases. Worship God for His power and healing and His sovereignty. He redeems our lives. Praise God. Acknowledge how desperate we are for Him, for forgiveness, for healing, for deliverance, for satisfaction. It says He crowns your years with good things. Tell Him how much you need Him. His name. Bless His name. Worship Him. text says the Lord is compassionate. Praise Him for His compassion. It says that God is gracious. Worship Him for His grace. Thank Him for His grace. His grace that saves us and sustains us and keeps us and changes us. It says He is slow to anger. Isn't that good news? Praise Him. Worship Him that He is slow to anger.
says he is abounding in loving kindness. is a Hebrew word that comes from the root word of knee or kneeling. It's the idea of blessing Him by honoring Him for who He is. Just in prayer right now, bless Him, honor Him for who He is.
come as one in glad adoration do what you want to when desire meets desperation we're here for you we come as one in glad adoration do what you want to His people get desperate. But also when God moves, His Spirit through His Word begins to change lives. So the next area we want to focus on in prayer is on getting right with God. When God moves, people begin to get right with Him. That looks like repentance. And also when God moves, people get right with each other. And that looks like reconciliation. Maybe today as we're praying, the Lord would lead you to go to somebody else in this room that you need to ask forgiveness from. Or maybe you'd feel led just to go pray over somebody else. God just puts it on your heart to go pray for somebody. You feel the freedom to do that today. Throughout history, repentance of sin has always accompanied revival. When God moves... His people begin to get right. Look at this verse of Scripture, Psalm 24. Look at it on the screen. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. I can't explain this, but there is a link between our effectiveness in prayer and purity in our lives. I don't understand all the intricacies of that, but there's a link biblically between our effectiveness in prayer and purity in our lives. So we're going to spend a moment just getting honest with God. I want to show you another quote from John Franklin this morning. He said, God doesn't answer prayer. He answers you. No amount of education, mastering a formula, or learning a certain skill set determines spiritual power in a prayer meeting. Rather, God moves based on the hearts of the people praying. So what we want to do for the next few moments is just get our heart right. So I want you to just bow your head right now. And this, I don't want you to pray in groups. I want you to pray individually. Holy Spirit of God, right now, we just invite you to speak. Now, here's what this is going to look like as we spend this season in prayer. And again, just remember, the altars are open, pastors are here. But I'm going to ask some questions just to give you an opportunity to respond in your heart before the Lord. So for the next few moments, here's the first question. Am I willing to be completely honest with God?
about everything in my life. Am I willing to be completely honest with God about everything in my life? And am I willing to listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks during this time and respond to whatever He says? Now here's how I want you to do this. As I ask these questions, I want you to make them matters of prayer. So right now before the Lord, here's what you say, Lord. God, right now I'm willing to listen to anything that you want to say. Lord, everything in my life's on the table. And as I ask these questions, if the Holy Spirit surfaces something in your heart, you just get honest with God about it, lay it before Him. Have I neglected the Word of God in prayer in my daily life? Is God's Word a priority in my life? Am I living a prayerless life? Is there anyone I have not forgiven? Is there any bitterness or resentment in my heart? Is there anyone with whom I have unresolved conflict? Have I wronged anyone? in any way and failed to make it right. Do I get angry easily? Am I easily offended? Do I get impatient and irritated with others? What's God saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit showing you? feelings of jealousy is there anyone I dislike to hear praised or well spoken of am I secretly annoyed over the accomplishments and advancements of others Have I been dishonest? Have I lied 
exaggerated or misrepresented the truth in any way to anyone? I stolen? Do I take little things that don't belong to me? Have I robbed God by withholding money or time that belonged to Him? Do I gossip about others? Do I speak unkindly about people when they are not present? Is the reputation of another safe in my hands? Have I hurt someone or my church? by needless talk about somebody else's faults? Am I too concerned about things Am I worried or anxious? Have I failed to trust God for my physical and spiritual needs? Do I murmur and complain? Am I guilty of sexual sin? Am I habitually or regularly stepping outside of God's boundary of marriage between a husband and a wife when it comes to sex? Do I allow my mind to dwell on impure and unholy thoughts? Do I have any secret sin that I excuse but should forsake? Have I been completely honest with God in my response to these questions? Let's hear what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. As you just remain in a spirit of prayer. John says, if we confess our sins, the word confess means to get honest about it. To call it what he calls it. He says if we confess our sin, he is faithful. And he's not only faithful, he's just because of what Jesus did. 
He's faithful and He's just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So anything... As we've been asking these questions, as you lay it out there, as you get honest with God, I know some of you right now, you're sensing the Holy Spirit is revealing some stuff in you. Here's what you do right now. You just get honest. You just lay it on the table and you embrace the forgiveness of God that is available in Jesus. He makes us clean. He makes us new. He gives us a fresh beginning. Embrace the forgiveness of God. I want you to take a moment and just thank Him for His forgiveness. You can do it silently. You can do it out loud, however you want to. Just thank Him. Thank Him that He's faithful, even when we're not faithful. Thank Him that He's just because Jesus has already paid the penalty for our sin. He's not just overlooking our sin. He's paid the penalty for our sin. He's just and he's righteous and he's faithful to forgive us. Thank him for his faithfulness. Praise him for his faithfulness. Let me tell you what happens when God's people begin to get right with themselves. And before God with Him, what happens is God then begins to use us in greater ways to see lost people come to know Him. So here's what I want you to do right now. If you know somebody who lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, who doesn't know Jesus Christ, I want you to just hold your hand up. You know somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Just keep it up for a minute. All over the building, we all know somebody. It shouldn't be hard. Nine out of ten people in our city don't. You can put your hand down. Here's what I want you to do right now. I want you by name. Start praying for that person. Just start praying for them by name. Just pray for them out loud. Just pray for them. Let me give you some things to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the boldness to share the gospel with them. Ask the Holy Spirit to use you, to give you the boldness to share the gospel with them. Ask the Holy Spirit to move in convicting power in their lives. John 16, 8 says that the Spirit has come to bring conviction of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring conviction into their lives. Acts 2, 37 says, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to give them ears to hear the gospel. And I want you to ask God to save them. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You are praying in accordance with the purpose of God. Ask God right now based on the authority of His Word to save them. Ask God to deliver them from sin. Ask God to deliver them from their lostness. Ask God to open their eyes to the gospel and save them. Pray for them by name.
Psalm 67, verse 1, God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. ขอที่สองเพื่อทางของพระองค์จะเป็นที่รู้จักในแผ่นดินโลกการช่วยกู้ของพระองค์จะเป็นที่ทราบท่ามกลางประชาชาติทั้งสิ้นมิสตารีว
God, that it would spill outside of these walls and touch our city. And God, touch the nations for your glory and honor. Lord, have your way today. So right now there, either individually or with two or three around you, I want you to just begin to pray for Hope Church. The prayer that the psalmist prayed in Psalm 67, God bless us. Pray for the blessing and the favor of God on this church. Just cry out to God. Pray what the psalmist prayed, that God would bless us, that all the ends of the earth may fear Him. I want you to pray specifically for your small group. Pray for your small group leader. Maybe as you're praying right now, God's reminding you of some prayer needs in the members of your small group, some things that maybe they've shared in group or some things that you've seen in their family. And I want you to just pray for them right now by name. Pray for authentic community. Maybe somebody in your small group's in this room and you need to just go to them and just pray over them. Pray for authentic community in our groups that we would abide, connect, and share together. That we would do life together. Pray for right relationships and loving one another. Pray for unity in our church around purpose and passion. God's blessed us with tremendous unity as a fellowship, but that can change in a moment. Beg God for unity. In our fellowship, beg God that His Holy Spirit wouldn't give the enemy an inch. Ask God to unite us to accomplish His mission. Pray that we would be salt and light in this city. Businesses, schools, neighborhoods, all represented in this fellowship. Pray that we would be salt and light. That Jesus in us would live through us. And that Las Vegas would be changed. I want to give you two very specific prayer requests to pray for our church this morning. Number one, pray for wisdom for next steps as we respond to a growing fellowship. Our church is growing tremendously. We're seeing hundreds of people more every weekend than the same weekend last year. But we need wisdom to know what next step. We don't want to just do something because it's what you do when you grow. We want to know that the Spirit of God is leading us and speaking. So pray that God would give us wisdom to know what next steps are as we respond to a growing fellowship. Pray for our stewardship team and our lead team of pastors as we make decisions. Pray that God gives us wisdom. 
The Word of God says if any man lacks wisdom in the book of James, he can ask God and God will give it to him generously. Meaning right now, as we're asking God for wisdom, God is pouring it out generously on our fellowship. Ask God for wisdom. Then I want you to pray for God to raise up new leaders to accomplish His mission through hope. That's the second request. That God would raise up new leaders. That we would be a disciple-making fellowship that's raising up disciples that make disciples. And out of those disciples, people would take leadership roles in ministries and in groups. Ask God to raise up leaders. Jesus said to beseech the Lord of the harvest that He would send out laborers into the harvest. That's what we're praying for. God moves, it doesn't just impact the church, it impacts the city. Matter of fact, if it doesn't spill out of the church into the city, it's not a move of God, no matter what we call it. So now here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to pray for Las Vegas. Pray for our city. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7 says this. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. God says, the city where I've placed you, pray for that city. And the city that God was referencing here in Jeremiah was the city of Babylon. If God can teach His people to pray for Babylon, we can pray for Las Vegas. Pray for the blessing and favor of God in our city. Pray for the hand of God on our city. I want you right now to pray for other churches in our city by name. Whatever church God lays on your heart. Church at South Las Vegas. Green Valley Baptist Church. South Hills Church. Central Christian Church, Beautiful Savior Lutheran Church, The Crossings Church, Canyon Ridge Church. Whatever church right now that God's laying on your heart, you begin to pray for them by name. Life Baptist Church, Renaissance Church, Oasis Baptist Church. Pray for these churches by name. We need God. Listen, when God shows up, it's not just in one church. God moves across denominational lines. God moves in His church, in His city. Pray for God to move in the churches of Las Vegas. Pray for an awakening in the church in Las Vegas. Pray for those churches. Pray for their pastors. Pray for their leadership. I want you to begin to pray for key leaders in our community. Pray for them by name. Political leaders, business leaders, educational leaders. Pray for leaders in our community. You know their names. Just begin to call them out to God. Pray for council members and school board members and 
elected officials. Pray for key business leaders. Pray that God would turn their hearts. First Timothy chapter 2 says we're to pray for kings and all who are in authority. I want you to think about the two or three businesses that are closest to your home. And maybe you've never done this before, but I want you to pray for those businesses right now. I want you to pray. You say, I don't even know. That's okay. You just pray for those businesses right now. Pray God's blessing on those businesses around your home. Pray for the gospel to to be introduced to those businesses if they don't know Christ. Just pray for those businesses by name. Maybe the Lord would lead you today or tomorrow the next day to go in that business and just say, hey, I want you to know at our church Sunday we prayed for your business by name. I want you to think of the two or three schools that are closest to your house. I want you to pray for those schools by name. Lift them to the Lord. Pray for the teenagers and students and children that are on those campuses. Pray for God to guard them physically, mentally, emotionally. Pray for the gospel to run rapidly on those campuses. Pray for student ministries in our city, in our churches. Pray for ministries like FCA and Young Life and others that are on campuses. Ask God to move in and through those ministries. What if, what if the gospel began to move on campuses and in the next few weeks we saw thousands of teenagers and students come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Ask God to move on the... Pray for those schools by name. Pray for those principles that God would soften their hearts to the gospel. We have almost a million tourists that visit our city every week. God brings people from all over the world through this city. Pray that we would use that as a platform to engage them with the gospel so that the gospel could be taken to every corner of the globe. Pray for the brokenness in our city, marriages, families, single adults and their purity. Pray for schools. Pray for teenagers. Pray for the brokenness in our city. Pray for those that are addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography or sex. Pray for those that are homeless. Pray for those that are experiencing crisis pregnancy. Pray for the brokenness in our city right now. Maybe you know somebody by name you can pray for. Just pray for them. Pray for the healing, redeeming, restoring grace of Almighty God to just be poured out on our city. Now I want you to pray and think globally that God would do something in Las Vegas that wouldn't stay in Las Vegas but that would touch the ends of the earth for His glory. I want you to pray for the nations. Maybe there's a specific nation that God has on your heart because of something you've seen in the news. You can pray for that nation, or you can pray for one of our global relationships. We have relationships in Central America, Honduras, Nicaragua. We have relationships in Southeast Asia. We have relationships in Zambia. 
We've engaged an unreached people group in the Arabian Peninsula we call the Wadi. And we just explored a new relationship that God's leading us into in the nation of Ghana. I want you to pray for these relationships and these nations and these peoples that God would so do something. Remember what the psalm said? God bless us that all the ends of the earth may fear you. God, don't bless us so we can sit back and say, man, look how blessed we are. Don't bless us so we can compare our blessings with somebody else's. Lord, would you bless us that through us the ends of the earth might know you. I want you to pray for a group very specifically. I'm going to put a picture up on the screen. I want you to look at this picture. It's a team that is heading from our church this week to Central America. Four, five, six people here heading out of our fellowship, and they're being joined by one of our global catalysts from Africa. We're going, this team and our global catalysts from Africa, going to Central America this week to work with one of our partners there about helping them develop a a business development plan that's coffee farming that would allow them to be reproducible and sustainable as an indigenous ministry. Our African partner is coming because he wants to learn how to do it so he can take it back to Africa and use it there. Isn't it just like God to allow us to work in Central America so we can train people in Africa to expand the gospel all over the world? So I want you to pray right now for this team. Just bow your head and just begin to pray for this team as they go to Central America this week that God would bless them, that God would use them, that God would fill them with his Holy Spirit, that God would empower them, that people would be saved, that a business model would be established that would be sustainable and reproducible to allow for a better advancement of the gospel in these parts of the world. now we're going to thank God we've prayed we've laid our hearts before him I want you to look at this verse on the screen Psalm 111 verse 1 listen what it says praise the Lord I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart listen what it says in the company of the upright and in the assembly let me tell you what this is right here this is the company of the upright and the assembly So we're about to thank the Lord together. So just bow your head, and I want you just in groups together, just begin to thank God. Thank Him for who He is. But listen, I want you to thank Him for what He's going to do. Maybe the most significant church service we've ever had, we're having right now. Thank God for what He's going to do in our church, in our city, in our lives. Just begin to give Him thanks. Worship Him. Adore Him. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. God, we thank You. God, we bless You. Lord, we thank You for who You are. God, we thank You for what You're going to do. We thank You, God, that You hear our prayers. We thank You, Lord, that You listen as we cry out. Lord, that we have the blessing to come into Your presence. And Lord, we thank You that You promise us that when we cry out to You, Lord, You answer our prayers. Lord, we bless Your holy name. We thank You in advance for what You're going to do. We give You glory. We give You honor. We give You praise. Now, here's what's about to happen. 
We're about to sing a song of worship together, all right? And as we worship God together, these altars are open. These pastors are here. If you've never given your life to Christ and you want to be saved, I want you to come to one of these pastors and say, I need Jesus today. If you want to come pray in this altar, you come pray. But we're about to worship God. We're going to blow the roof off the building as we praise and thank God together. Let's all stand together, and I want us to sing as they lead us. just to bring something that's worth that will bless your How much you deserve 
give God praise in this place this morning.